Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Becky McLean of Paxos, which is a blockchain infrastructure company. In this episode, we talk about messaging crypto in a constantly evolving media landscape, how education is at the core of the company's marketing and communications activities, and how the company tackles the storylines that are cynical about crypto. In a few moments, you'll hear Becky talk about the importance of education at Paxos. Blockchain and crypto are relatively new spaces, and while there are many experts, there are lots and lots of people that mm, just kind of sort of get it. So when Paxos sells the product to a big financial institution, there's another step in the process, which is that the financial institution needs to re-communicate the value prop to their customers. The sell is B2B, but the adoption and activation is sort of a B2B2C strategy. Many of us have a frame for what a podcast is. For some, it's serial or a true crime podcast that is published in seasons. For others, this style of podcast is more the standard. But the next phase of audio is as an owned content strategy that lives in a more directed, purposeful way. What do I mean by that? Companies are increasingly using audio as an internal and external thought leadership and educational format. And that might mean publishing a thought leadership series internally to channels like Slack or Notion. And it might also mean embedding educational content like a blockchain FAQ series in a customer portal or on a company insights hub. Venly is an audio platform for business, and we believe that your audio content should live where you do business. With Venly, you can seamlessly and securely publish audio content to internal channels like Slack and Notion, SharePoint, and Asana, or externally to blogs, email, and PDF, all with enterprise-grade security and analytics. Are you interested in how audio might play a role in your thought leadership and educational content? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at Venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the excellent Becky McLean. Hi, Becky. (laughs) Hi, Brian. How are you? Becky McLean is the Director of Communications at Paxos. Prior to Paxos, she was at Joelle Frank, a New York-based financial communications firm specializing in high-profile situations for Fortune 500 companies. From there, she went in-house at WeWork before making the jump to Paxos. Originally from New Jersey, she now lives in Brooklyn. Becky, thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. It's nice to talk about communications. For those that aren't familiar, what is Paxos? Where does the product fit into the broader crypto and blockchain space? Sure. So Paxos is really an enterprise product. It is a financial platform that is building blockchain market infrastructure. Now, it's something that sounds a little confusing, but ultimately we are a company that tokenizes, custodies, trades, and settles assets. So our thesis is that all assets in the world, whether that's dollars or gold or um, U.S. equities, can live on a blockchain because a blockchain is just really a more efficient ledger. And so Paxos is designed to tokenize and and custody those assets and put them on a blockchain and make it easier for the world to access them. Because right now our financial system is somewhat closed and really only accessible by uh, small portions of the overall population. So we want to build a global open financial system. So let's talk about telling this story a little bit. Sure. Over the last 10 years, we've seen just a massive consolidation of media outlets. And with that, there are fewer journalists at those publishers. 
But as a category, crypto and blockchain are the exception to it. There's more coverage at existing publications and there are new outlets covering the space. How do you think about this evolving dynamic? Getting coverage in the New York Times or the journal is still something of a holy grail, but cultivating industry-specific, hungry publications is also critical to your job. For example, how might you think about bringing an exclusive to market? Sure. So first off, I'd say it is a very exciting space for both the comms person and journalists because the opportunity is increasing on a daily basis. And we're seeing that we have plenty of up and coming outlets, places like Coindesk or The Block that are specialized in, or Decrypt that are very specialized in crypto and blockchain um, specifically. But because it is such a hot topic, there is plenty of interest at mainstream publications to talk about crypto and blockchain. So there's news every single day. And that means you're constantly trying to manage the news cycle and figure out when you can best uh, share your news. Now, one thing that I'd say is when you're looking at telling a specific story, you definitely need to think, is this a story that is worthwhile for somebody at JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs to be reading? Or is this really something that's more in the weeds for a crypto day trader that wants to know every single ounce of detail that's happening in this space? So when I think about stories at Paxos, we definitely are seeing more and more interest, especially since the end of 2020, um, at mainstream publications. But those stories uh, and those outlets still want something that's really meaty and big. Um, so every time we have news at Paxos, we really take a hard look and determine, okay, who are the right people that um, should be seeing this news? What audience is that? Where are those people reading the news? Is it for example, if we were to announce a new API set for our crypto brokerage product line, that's something that's very specific to our core crypto product. So we would definitely take that to more specific industry trades versus something related to recently in May, we announced that uh, Bank of America joined our security settlement system, which is um, a blockchain-based settlement system for U.S. equities. Um, and the Bank of America is a huge household name. And so that is a very um, kind of niche market product, but it's for all of the big Wall Street names. So that's a story that we took to Bloomberg and there was plenty of appetite there. So it really is understanding um, who our core audience for that story is and where they're reading. And is that news big enough for our big mainstream outlets that are really just starting to dabble in uh, this crypto and blockchain news cycle? Or is it more our bread and butter um, beat reporters at our trade outlets? So outside looking into this industry, it seems yep. as if there's two extremes on the spectrum. You mm -hmm. have day traders on one mm -hmm. end and you have super sophisticated enterprise on the other end. And presumably the adoption of crypto and blockchain in the middle is where you'll see long-term growth. Do you focus on messaging the early adopters and trying to get market share or are you thinking longer term about how to message that middle space? I think for us at Paxos, we were really always 
designed and built to be a B2B enterprise business. So when you look at those day traders, you definitely have institutional day traders. Those are the hedge funds that have been working in this space and really know the the complexity of making and maintaining these markets. But then there's also the uh, retail trader on Coinbase that wouldn't ever really touch or experience our product. So for us as a B2B business, we're mainly focused on more of that institutional enterprise reader right now. But at the same time, all of crypto and all of blockchain is new and has grown up in an internet age. So it's important to remember that so much of it lives on Twitter and on forums and blogs, and people are constantly getting their news in all different kinds of forums. So it's important to make sure we have a cohesive message and are repeating the same message constantly. Because even if we think we've told uh, a really good story in one place, if we don't continuously um, reiterate that to every other outlet in between, then no one will understand that. So since I've been at Paxos and really since the founding of Paxos, the focus has always been on how Paxos is the first and most regulated operator in um, blockchain and digital assets. And so we are always talking about how our regulation is more rigorous than any others in the space. Most aren't regulated. And now when you go out and search Paxos, regardless of the day trader audience or the super sophisticated enterprise on the other side, there should be a message of Paxos is a trusted regulated entity. So we're definitely thinking about long-term growth and really trying to hit into that middle space, like you mentioned, but there are certain tenants like that regulation and reiterating that same message across the board, which we feel will take us um, far in the long-term. Did that make sense? It makes perfect sense. But I'm curious what role owned social media might play for you. So like journalists are on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. And presumably LinkedIn is a big channel for you selling it to enterprise. But there's a ton of conversation on Instagram and TikTok around crypto. Sure. How do you think about these channels and how it not only adds value to you from a discrete business case, but also is just broader messaging across this marketplace? We see a lot of bubbling up on those social media channels where things can become hot button issues very quickly. And so we may then need to message around that. Um, But overall, when you're looking at Paxos and our product lines, we have a very specific and small subset of potential buyers that we're appealing to. And right now we're hyper growth, scaling quickly. Um, we have a lot of work to do on our social media channels and definitely can improve there. So we focus more specifically on targeting directly through LinkedIn and um, Twitter with a very enterprise message to our potential buyers, which is that small set. We're less in the um, the weeds with those retail players and commenting on every movement of Dogecoin or every tweet from Elon or, you know, kind of smaller of the moment everyday issues versus 
big picture, long-term themes. So our social media channels are, are definitely less retail focused and we're more so talking about our core tenants of regulation, the mainstreamification of digital assets and thinking about how we can further our brand presence on a, a long-term horizon versus a more day-to-day kind of instantaneous pace that Twitter and um, Instagram and TikTok may be. What role does education play with your customer partners? Having a customer that understands crypto and blockchain is one thing, but at financial institutions, your customer is re-communicating it to their customers, right? And that's sure. a totally, totally different consideration. Sure. It's it's funny because, you know, I was new to this space in 2019 when I joined Paxos and really did not understand what blockchain was or what the opportunity was. And uh, as I dug in with the company, I, I felt like I quickly became a, a subject matter expert. And that's what's amazing because it is such a young space, you can quickly become a subject matter expert. So right now, when we're working with our clients, education is 100% the basis of our first marketing and communications touch points. We are now at Paxos the subject matter experts because we've been in this space for nine years and we are working with our partners, especially when they're big institutions that maybe have extreme global presence and brands and expertise, but have not yet made the jump into crypto or blockchain. We're helping them navigate that space themselves. We're helping arm them with educational messages for their internal stakeholders to help coach and guide their teams on how to think and approach this space. And then we're also helping them frame an initial communications or marketing approach for their customers. So every customer's group and segment is different and how we're partnering with them is slightly different, but education is 100% the backbone of it. And I think another important point of that is because this is a space that has grown up in social media, there is a lot of noise that it makes and echo chambers that it creates for still something that is fairly small in the larger scheme of financial services. So that means it can be loud and um, a lot of people hear crypto and come to this with some preconceived notions about what that means, what crypto is and is not. And so we believe taking the approach of simplifying and demystifying and really taking the, the preconceived notions out of the conversation are really important. And that's done through um, effective education with our partners. So detractors uh-huh. or those that are cynical of crypto frequently point to the implications for the environment. Sure. At a high level, can you outline what the issue is with the environment and then leaning into education? How do you message against that? Sure. So I think that right now, what's interesting is there is a lot of concern around the environment and crypto. But I think when you look across any industry, there every industry is very, very energy intensive. I mean, think about printing the U.S. dollar itself. That is a very energy intensive operation. Now, what's different about crypto and crypto mining and all of the energy consumption that is involved in that is it is being done with the most efficient technology available today. And so 
wherever miners are operating, they're incentivized to find the cheapest and cleanest forms of energy because often the cleanest forms are the cheapest. So it's really, again, understanding that this is a space that has complexity and can be confusing and taking it down to a more digestible level for any uh, any consumer that is new to the space. So I think that while this is not definitely not my area of expertise, um, I think that this is an important piece to continue to track. And it's also important to remember that blockchain technology is cutting edge and it is constantly um, innovating and we're seeing newer blockchains come around all the time that have more efficiency, higher throughput, and are less energy intensive. So while the Bitcoin blockchain can sometimes get a bad rap, we're seeing new blockchains come through that can be even more efficient and um, will not necessarily have the impact of older blockchains. I'll get you out on this question. Okay. (laughs) You're doing great, but I have, this is a hard hitter. Okay. All right. So there's a separate, more American-centric argument against crypto. Yes. Which is that, I'm going to summarize here. The US dollar is a global currency of record. And as Americans, we reap an immense benefit because of that. We see all the cash sort of generate through our systems. Detractors will say that moving from the dollar to crypto on a global scale destabilizes America's position as the global economic leader. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you navigate dollar hegemony considerations in your messaging to the press and the customers? That, I imagine, is something that the tier one publishers are particularly interested in talking about. Sure. So it's important to remember that at this moment, crypto is still a small, small fraction of the overall financial system. There are $600 trillion worth of assets in the world, and we're about at one point at the height of Bitcoin trading, $1 trillion in crypto. So from our perspective, it's really important to point out that while there is a lot of consideration and a lot of potential for crypto and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, we're still at the earliest innings. And it's really important to take a step back and look at how big the financial system is how predominant the US dollar is and how something like, I, I don't know the quote, the exact number off the top of my head, but something like 80% of all transactions that happen in the world are um, the US dollar sits on the other side of. Now, keep in mind that there's also these things called stable coins, which are digitized uh, dollars. They're US dollars on a blockchain and they're operate like a crypto. So there are plenty of stable coins out there today and there's a high demand for stable coins. So I want to say out of the top 10 cryptos um, available today, US dollar backed stable coins represent three of the biggest, the, the 10 biggest coins. So clearly there is still demand for the US dollar around the world. It's just what is the form that the US dollar will take? Will it stay in a very analog form in cash and account-based um, technology like we're accustomed to today? 
or will we see um, the US dollar as a tokenized um, technology with stable coins um, and other kinds of crypto? So from our perspective, it's really just important to look at the message, see the potential, and also realize that we are at the earliest, earliest innings of crypto, and there's a lot of work to do. I'm joined today by Becky McLean of Paxos. Thank you again for your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me.